Welcome to Failing Forward. Today we're talking about the second round of research and evidence CARE has produced on what fails and why in our programming. Fiona, welcome to Failing Forward. Can you introduce yourself for our audience? Hi, uh, I'm Fiona. I worked with CARE while studying for my master's in development practice at Emory University. Um, and I was mostly interested in international development from a sports for development perspective um, and sort of stumbled across monitoring and evaluation while embarking on my master's and found it really fascinating. I thought it held a lot of potential to truly impact the field as a whole. And I was sort of lucky enough with my internship at CARE to work on um, the Learning from Failures project. And yeah, I'm excited to be here, get excited to talk about it at any opportunity. So all things good. <laughs> And why is it important for us to be talking about failure? I think that the work that international development organizations like CARE do is very complex and challenging. Um, so understanding things that go, things go wrong is really important. Um, and understanding where these challenges are not only ensures that organizations are more accurately aware of their impact, but also can actually improve the quality of programming for greater success. Um, and I think another importance about talking about failures is that it sort of breaks down hierarchies of knowledge. Um, if more organizations followed CARE's lead um, to directly and publicly talk about failures, I think it would help to create a more balanced playing field for how success can be um, created. International development organizations often emphasize the importance of sort of locally grounded work um, and sort of empowering local voices. And one of the best ways to bring more people into a conversation is to say, hey, we didn't get that right and we think you have the knowledge to help us understand why that's wrong and how to fix it and i think that these conversations are so important so in essence talking about failure also gives international development some humility great and tell us about the project you were working on yes i was a part of sort of what we nicknamed the failures project but it was a qualitative research study analyzing cares programs about eva program evaluations and essentially what we did was we read CARE's end of project reports and sort of drew out key themes. Um, first time I worked on it was um, in 2018 and we looked at reports from 2015 to 2018. And then uh, I also worked on it this summer where we looked at reports from 2018 to 2020 and sort of compared between the two sets of data. Um, and this ended up being about 200 reports, which um, seems quite daunting to begin with, but um, we had sort of a well thought out code book which we decided on and we sort of analyzed um, the data from there. And then we also quantified that information um, to see where sort of failures aligned across different categories. Um, all of this was combined to create a couple of reports and sort of spark conversations um, throughout the organization and wider on the topic. How did we define failure? If part of what we ran into is failure is very subjective for the purposes of what we were doing, what did we say failure meant? Failure was essentially a, a, an activity that happened or a lack of an activity that happened that uh, posed a challenge to the project, um, achieving its outcome. And talk a little bit about what you learned while you were doing that exercise. I think maybe my favorite learnings or what I find the most interesting. Um, the first one was that understanding context as one of the main challenges sort of came up quite regularly. Um, and it was sort of one of the most common challenges throughout all the years of analysis. Um, so what was really interesting is when we were looking at reports from 2018 to 2020, I was also able to sort of identify correlations between the data using some of the software that we were using and understanding context was also a code which most commonly came up 
with other coded challenges. So if understanding context was a challenge, it was likely that another there was another challenge in there too. Um, and I think this suggested that um, the challenges in understanding context were also deeply connected to other challenges throughout projects and locations. And I think this would be an interesting focus point for sort of taking some of these uh, challenges forward from further research. Um, another big learning for me was that in locations where a greater proportion of projects were emergency or humanitarian aid, there was a higher proportion of monitoring and evaluation challenges. And sort of on the surface level, this makes a lot of sense because um, the nature of emergency programming means that they're often fast paced and there's limited time for much preparation or monitoring and evaluation there. However, the way we coded challenges meant that activities were, or a lack thereof, were recognized as having sort of a negative impact on the project or were a significant challenge to the project. So I think that um, this finding will be interesting for how monitoring and evaluation should be uh, more incorporated into emergency humanitarian programming in the future and also like across the sector more broadly. Um, and then I think probably the other thing that I learned throughout was that failures are very subjective. Um, and I think over the two years that doing it, you know, um, there is differences and people view failures quite differently. Um, and uh, as researchers, we often didn't have the full picture um, just because of the way that we were doing the research. And it could be hard to judge some challenges without the context of that project from the people who are working on it. Um, both times completing the project, there were sort of three people actually doing the coding. Um, and despite, despite considerable efforts to ensure we were all on the same page, there were sometimes differences in opinion of what constituted a failure and what didn't. And this was a big learning for me because it highlighted the importance of including a lot of people in those discussions of what failures actually is as for an organization. Um, and this could be from project participants, local um, coordinators, also like care leadership, that you know, different views and opinions may differ, but they all add key context to like what some of those challenges are and how care might address them. And when we talk about a failure in a project, does that imply that the project itself was a failure? No, definitely not. It would be, I mean, I think the correct word is probably more of like a challenge. Um, take monitoring and evaluation, for example, if something went slightly wrong because there wasn't a, um, enough research done initially, that would be a challenge. It didn't mean the project failed completely, but just would um, pose some extra difficulties which potentially could have been avoided. And I want to circle back to something you said earlier around how many of the failures were related to context and understanding the context. The easy way to think about that answer is, oh, so we just need to do more context analysis before we start a project. Is that reflective of what you saw, that if we just did some extra context analysis at the beginning, that would have solved those failures? I don't think so. Um, I think doing good context analysis is actually really hard. So I think there's an element of understanding whether the approaches um, of understanding context really get to the root of what the situation is like in those environments. One of the things that was recognized is that there has to be some um, flexibility within programming um, in order to match those, co those complex contexts. Um, and I think particularly with emergency and humanitarian um, programming, the contexts are also very difficult and very hard to manage. Um, and I think 
maybe just some more discussions about what that looks like is sort of um, the importance there. What surprised you or did anything surprise you as you went through this learning process? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that surprised me was the difference between um, how some evaluations talked about failures um, or challenges quite a lot and some evaluations hardly mentioned them. Um, you know, care like many larger development organizations use external evaluators, which is important for so many accountability reasons. However, if those evaluations don't talk about challenges effectively, I think it can be really difficult for organizations like CARE to engage in those conversations. So as you mentioned, depending on evaluations and on external evaluators gives us one lens into failure and what failure looks like. What are other sources of information you think we should be looking for to try to better understand the picture of failure? I think definitely having conversations with people who, working on, who are working on projects directly. Um, I think they will likely to understand the sort of programmatic challenges that they've been facing throughout the time of the project. Um, obviously, we were looking at sort of an end line um, report, um, which, as you said, is sort of one way in. Um, but the if you can talk to people more regularly throughout the process of a project, I think having those conversations, having those open sort of reflective conversations would allow for more insight, but also as I mentioned, like quite a context-based insight that would sort of um, color some of the examples that we might have found in the endline evaluation. And you worked with this project for a little over two years and through two rounds of analysis. What changed over that time? I think it was really great to be able to work on it twice, essentially, because um, it gave me a lot of insight just in terms of the research process. And I think that that is something that changed generally was that we were more focused the second time that we did it because we'd had that experience the first time around. And I think that's important for any of these sort of like pilot projects or pilot researches. You know, it can be done once and then as you do it more and more, it becomes a bit clearer as to what you're looking for and what you're hoping to find. Um, so we were able to um, simplify our code book the second time around and make the analysis a little bit um, easier to understand, I think, for a broader audience. Um, in terms of learning between the sort of data groups, there was a couple of interesting points. And it was, I think it represented a shift in sort of the development sector more broadly and the focus of the development sector more broadly. Firstly, this sheer number of challenges um, reduced. Um, we did analyze fewer um, reports and there were more emergency humanitarian reports to analyze, which often didn't identify challenges as clearly, but I think the volume of or the percentage of emergency or humanitarian uh, projects highlights one of the shifts globally of there just being more aid projects um, over the past couple of years. Um, and I think people might start to see that in some of the results that will come through in the next um, few years. And also the top five challenges from 2015 to 2018 were very similar to the top challenges in 2018 to 2020. However, one of the biggest changes was um, a focus on sustainability. So sustainability was recognized in the 2018 to 2020 as um, being even much more of a challenge than it was in the previous um, reports or it came up more regularly. But this isn't necessarily because the programs weren't actually more sustainable, but rather a shift globally on a focus on issues of climate change and issues of sustainability in development. And I think 
it's interesting to see over time how the sort of politics of development can, can be found through how some of those projects are reported. What would you recommend to someone else based on what you learned over this experience? I think in terms of research, I would recommend just to keep things simple, um, but also to have quite an open mind. Um, I think initial research like this is really great for sort of starting and sparking conversations. But I think it's important to not go into the process with too clear an idea of what you're looking for, because it allows you to ask different questions when it comes to the results. Um, I think we did that quite well. So I would definitely make sure that to recommend that to make sure it continues if there's other projects that happen like this. Um, um, in terms of the sort of findings, of course, would emphasize understanding context is really important. And I think we maybe assume that we understand context, but more conversations can always happen about as a project is happening about how contexts also change um, and how things change throughout the time of a project. You know, um, analysis at the start is really important, but regular analysis throughout, because these projects are often sometimes three to five years long, contexts do change. Um, so understanding the complexities of sort of where, who and what um, you're working with may sort of alleviate the number of challenges you could face along the way. What are some actions you think we need to take based on the findings of this research? Yeah, I think CARE is actually pretty brave. Um, as the first sort of major or development organization to talk about failure at such a grand scale, I think that's um, really impressive. And I, I would hope that it would continue. And it's in a really, it's an incredible place to start. And I think that it's vital these conversations continue and develop even further, um, not just within the organization, but also across the sector more broadly. Um, and I really think CARE could sort of pioneer a shift um, in development to being more brave at recognizing challenges and failures. Um, I think next steps for research would be to discuss the failures and challenges, as I've mentioned with sort of staff from the project, just to color some of the findings that um, we did identify. And um, also being open to discussing failures means there's more opportunities to prevent them throughout. If you could do it all over again from the beginning, what would you do differently? I would be interested in having some initial conversations about what failure might look like for care um, in advance and then to do the research and then reflect on those conversations to see if anything had happened that would be different. Um, I think that's probably one of the few things that I would add in um, and also um, to maybe just identify which reports might be the most beneficial to do a sort of a deeper analysis of um, to have a bit more time to do that, I think would be really useful. And to see whether there was any um, connections between um, who those reports were written by, to see if there were some um, external evaluators that might be interested in some of those conversations as well. One of the things that we did notice about this learning from failure, particularly using evaluations that the way we did, is that there's a time lag there, right? So we're identifying that failure trend not only after a project is closed, but then sometimes three to five years after a project was designed. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would recommend about how to tighten that feedback loop so we weren't waiting so long to identify failures? I think um, when we first started the project, we had a look at some sort of um, 
baseline and midterm evaluations but they rarely ever spoke about sort of challenges or failures um so i think it would definitely be interesting to see whether um midterm reports could be included into some of the analysis uh, midterm reports i think were more focused on sort of monitoring the progress rather than being more analytical and critical of what was happening um and i think that would be an interesting place to go next um to see um also whether those conversations could be had with people who are doing the projects at the time because that would give an opportunity to talk with those people too are there any actions you would recommend or tips you would recommend to make that easier because it is really challenging to talk about failure especially when your work is tied to your identity in that way i would say um be forgiving to yourself that um this is our job and we've chosen to do this job because we care um but that doesn't mean that um we have to know everything and i think as well um everyone who works in development also recognizes it is a sort of shift um it's a sort of shape shifter and it does move and it does address different things as um the world changes and i think um if we're more um adaptable and able to recognize we want to be part of that change rather than part of the way the work has been happening for a while it will sort of offer more opportunity but yeah forgive yourself a little bit that we don't know all the answers and uh everyone's trying to learn from each other and i think that um that's really important one of the things uh, a lot of different academics who talk about failure and who talk about the idea of adaptive management talk about failing faster right and so if you fail faster but on a smaller scale sometimes that makes it a little less threatening um because you haven't failed at everything you failed at one piece and really only for the last two weeks or three weeks is there anything that you saw in the evaluations that talked a little bit about that about the time scales or about um about how to do it in a lower stakes way yeah i mean there was a few evaluations where the um reports said you know this project really struggled with this quite early on but when there was adaptive management and when people were able to adapt to that the project results were often quite positive so i think that's a, a testament to the people who are um working on those projects to go hey this is a problem recognize it and then say what do we need to change in the middle of this project to to fix it um and i agree with the failing faster but we also don't we don't have to fail um <laughs> sometimes sometimes things do go well and you could see that in some projects were really successful um and i think that um as well i think one of the things i learned from doing the failures project is often especially if you're looking for failures it could be quite easy to find them um whereas actually if you're looking more holistically you know you can go here's here we've done well on this part but we we want to just work a little bit better on these areas it becomes a bit more manageable personally to go to put things in perspective any other words of wisdom for the audience today um i think that learning about failures with care and then using this across my work has taught me that not only are there challenges within programs but there's also a certain fear i think within development workers to admit when we get things wrong um and i think that i would argue that most people who work in international development or development 
um, do so because they care about improving people's lives. And that means that um, as development workers, we can sort of sometimes I think tie our identity to our work a little bit, and uh, which can be great when things go well, but can pose a real challenge when things fail. And I think that having conversations about failures offers an opportunity to challenge this identity issue and provide sort of less emotionally charged insight um, into how effectively how to effectively impact people's lives. Um, and CARE sort of started this process at an organizational level. And I think that um, if it continues both institutionally and personally, it could really shift international development on a more positive direction. But I think myself included, learning from failures and learning about the project has sort of forced me to look internally and recognize I also don't get things right all the time. And that's really important because then you can really learn from it and go, okay, well, what do we want to improve? Because we are trying to impact people's lives. Thanks for joining us on Failing Forward. Stay tuned for next time.